0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, folks. Troy Dooley. We are back from a week. Well, really not a week. Just the, the three days in the middle of the week traveling. And I tell you what. You would think that I could settle down and and not travel. And every week I think that. You know, I'm I'm one of these guys that I just... It's why I don't work in a corporate world is because I'm not one that just rides the same path all the time. So we went to Salt Lake City, met some of the neatest and greatest people I think God ever created. I mean, just great family folks that have come together to, to launch what I think could become a movement. I mean, it, it's interesting to see, but as I was getting ready to go to the airports, one of the founders of that company looked over at me and he said, "You know what I'd like to do?" and I said, "What?" he said, "I want to meet the rest of your family. You want to meet me in Orlando next week and and we'll just we'll just go and hang out and and go to Orlando and go to disney world and and just have fun." I said, "Oh, I can't make that kind of decision." I said, "That's one that the boss has to make so got onto to the airport, called Paige. she'd lost her phone, so I couldn't make a decision until late last night and got home and said, honey, what do you think? And she said, I'd love to do that. These sound like really cool people. And so we are headed out of here you know, just a little bit, and we're going to go to Orlando uh, through the weekend, really through the first of the week. I mean, shoot, Fourth of July is on Wednesday. And, you know, when God blesses, you just get to be able to do what you got to do. And the kids have been wanting to go down there. And so we're going to have some fun. Going to do some work. i got to meet uh, meet with the owners of the company on Sunday and, and do some stuff with uh, a couple of other consultants on some compensation work. But... God is good, man, and we're just cranking and going, but it's uh, it's neat to see what what the direct selling network marketing arena is up to right now. And there are some great th- <laughs> excuse me, great things just taking place. And and truly, I got to tip my hat off, you know, it's been it's been a crazy thing, but as Greg Hartman's book says, do due diligence. Cut through the crap in network marketing, and there's a lot of it. If you run with my blogs, you see what's going on. You know that Without a doubt, there is all kinds of stuff that's going on, and and we we look at it and we wonder, is it worth it? You know, do, should I stay in network marketing? Should I even get in network marketing? What should I do? And over the last few weeks, like really the last, well yeah, now it's the last few weeks. We've been studying Greg Hartman's book, Do Due Diligence. You can go to do, do diligence dot com. Great place, and I suggest everybody go. Go and check out this book. Check out who Greg is, because this is somebody that's that's not just a, uh, oh, how would we say it? He's not just somebody that wants to change you, I guess would be the way to say it. You know, what, he, what he's wanting to do is help you, and he wants to help me. And, and when he, he came to me and said, Troy, I want you to really check this out. I thought, man, do I want to check this out? I mean, seriously. You know, is it, is it going to be worth it to me? And I thought, yes, it's going to be worth it to me because this is something that I believe all of us can learn from, can grow from if we just will. And in today's chapter, types of companies. Have you ever given that any thought about what type of company should you join? You know, I talk to people all the time because to me it's not just what type of company, but it's also the culture of the company that you should join. Because too many times we get wrapped up in the hype, in the uh, excitement that we see coming from others, and we don't really do the due diligence in today's chapter we're going to be we're really going to be going over the types of companies that are out there, and here's something that that Greg says now, understand that this book this is how fast things change in network marketing. Greg wrote this book in two thousand and ten, and I'm glad he did because it, it allows us to add some stuff to you guys on on the radio show so that you can listen to this. Greg says the types of companies can be broken down into two distinct categories: product based companies. And service-based companies. And in 2010, dead-on accurate. I mean, that was just the way it was. But today, there's a third distinct category called entertainment. There, there are hunting and fishing companies. There's online gaming companies. There are uh, these penny auction companies. And it's because of a, of a science called gamification. I'll tell you, I'm not going to go into it on this call. I'm actually writing some extensive articles on this. But all of a sudden, that's what came into play. There's a third category that is just breaking ground like crazy. 2010, none of us would ever have ever given any thought that entertainment, for the, just the pure sake of entertainment and getting other people involved, that there'd be a compensation plan. Attached to that, and it would become some type of a direct marketing um, or, or direct selling type of, of company. And I thought, man, you know, here, here he wrote this phenomenal book, and we've got this other thing. But the thing about this is, and this is what I'm going to tell you of all of the niches that are out there, of all of the distinct categories that you could align companies in, it, it, it all comes down to this product driven companies have outperformed and outlasted everything else. Now, product-driven companies are not necessarily the the, the overall biggest out there. Mo- the majority are. But some of the service-based companies have gone on to become billion-dollar businesses because of their, their customer drive, and that's important. Now, Greg distinguishes something here. He distinguishes between direct selling and multi-level marketing, MLM. Now, I'm, I... I I understand where he's going with this. I want, to, I, want to, I want to put on here. He goes, I define, or here's where he goes. He goes, while you may know the difference between a direct selling company and MLM, I'm surprised at how many people don't have this basic understanding and therefore oftentimes end up in a business not suited for them. Let's first look at what's common in both direct sales and MLM companies. In both types of companies, you are independent distributor, 1099 in the IRS size. As an independent distributor, you are paid a commission only off the sales that you make. Both types of businesses involve a product or service that you're selling. Now, that is accurate, but here's here's where I've got to uh, put some clarity into this. MLM or network marketing are nothing more and nothing less than compensation structures. They're not a company form, and I say this because... I want to make sure we have clarity. In the eyes of the IRS, which is where the 1099 comes from, there's no such thing as MLM or network marketing as a distinct, different category. They fall under direct sales. So they're they're a way a person is paid. The actual company, let's say that you're with a product company, and that product company is in cosmetics. Then there's an actual business code for a cosmetic company and that's what that company would be with. Now, they would also make sure they distinguish themselves with a subcode as a direct seller. So in that time, what happens is you become a direct seller. And you would go in to file your Schedule C or your your incorporation or your LLC, whatever it is you're filing. And you would put the category as a direct seller. Now, that, like I said... It's a compensation structure. The IRS is very clear on this, that the way you're compensated <clears throat> can be through a network marketing channel or an MLM channel. And, again, there is a distinguishedness on that on compensation structures, and you can find more about that if you read the college textbook, um, a review of the direct selling industry. So there's a lot of information out here, and I, and I want to make sure when we're doing these shows and we're digging deep into these great books that we clarify that. Now, Greg goes on. He says, I define a retail sale for both types of company as a sale to someone not involved in the business opportunity. I totally agree with that. He goes, This is a key distinction between uh, that is becoming more and more scrutinized by regulators in the in the MLM's well in the direct selling space. And it is. You know, if, if there is no sales whatsoever going to an outside source, or very little, then we have the potential for disaster. Latest court case that came down was Burn allowance. Burn Lounge was a uh, matter of fact. <clears throat> I'd actually say Burn Lounge started the entertainment uh, sector inside of network marketing, and they did not last. They did this right around the first of the turn of the century in in, uh, in the 21st century, 2000, 2001, and were going strong. They were basically trying to copy some of the online music stuff. So you'd actually own an online music store. anybody that sold their music through you, you'd you'd be part owner in it. If you found a local band and got them to sell their music through your store, then you'd be their producer, not producer, but manager type deal. So it was a pretty cool deal, but they only found that 3% of all sales came from outside of the compensation structure. And a court ruled this year that that was just not acceptable. So retail sales is huge, and it's a comeback. We didn't used to have this problem. You know, the change, probably the change came with the Internet. Because before that one of the big things that you were trying to do with Amway was go direct, and that meant that all the product was coming to you and your downline would buy product from you and then all of a sudden, everything was on the internet they had they had Quickstar they could just go through there, and that's where all the companies went. The software companies started making it so you know you didn't you didn't have to do anything. The company took control, and people just started recruiting and they recruited, and the products were great, but it was no outside sales. everybody just talked about the recruiting. And matter of fact, this company that I just talked to with, their whole focus was product. Hey, we've got to get the products in the hands of everybody, not just the people that are building the business. We want, we want our neighbors, our family, our communities, to understand about life packs, about what's going on. And I thought, oh man, this is just great. This is getting back to the basics. You know now, Greg goes on. He says, in an MLM business, just like direct sales, you buy a product or service at some wholesale price. And then you sell it at a suggested retail price. That's not the same in a service company at all. I want you to know that. Okay, that's how a product business is. Service business is not that way. And and I don't I I don't understand what what he wrote on this because it doesn't it doesn't work like that. If you're in a service business, let's say you were in with Excel. you didn't buy anything at wholesale. All you did was get your your clients to transfer what they were already doing into what a new company was. And and Greg does clarify that. When you do that, it can be hard. Primerica, you don't buy a service at a wholesale price. In 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 Primerica Financial Services, you're offering education, you're offering uh, consulting, you're you're selling life insurance policies, stuff like that. So when I look at all the service companies, as I was reading this with Greg, I thought, man, I got to clarify this because it isn't that way. Whether it's whether it's Keller Williams, whether it's Primerica, whether it's prepaid legal, uh, whether it's any of the energy companies. You know anything that's a service. Basically, it's not that you're buying anything. All you are is the marketing arm. Totally, I mean that 100%. You're marketing the company. Really, that's what the direct selling channel is. It, it used to be a distribution uh, point, but we're not distributing anything. I don't even know why we still call each other distributors because the companies do it all. All we are are the marketing arms, the the sales force, if you will, for those companies and And that's the deal that's why product companies I think last longer because once i sell here here's the way with with I love this company that's where I got my start, but I sold twenty i i sold ten year five uh ten year twenty year and and a what's called a an arm a one year policy that was it my my life insurance policy comes due in just a few days, and my cousin's rewriting it after twenty years, so you're constantly having to go out there and and get more and more and more customers. And that's the thing about service-based companies. Even though you're building an, an insurance uh, – or not an insurance, you're building an organization, everybody's marketing something that, that just has to keep going. Whereas with a product, you may sell that product, and it's going to have a 30-day lifespan, and they're going to be reordering, they're going to be doing more. They're going to be going up. And I, I had to clarify that. He said the next piece of the direct sales and MLM business is the ability to sponsor other distributors. Now this is the big part, and and this is really what distinguishes not direct selling from MLM, but a single level or 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 a two level uh, program, which is what used to be common, to a multi level tiered program, which is usually three levels or or more, and that's the distinguishing mark. There's there's a uh, matter of fact, single level. Direct selling companies actually went up this year. There there's been an influx of those into the direct selling association. But the majority of companies in sales today have a multi-level process because they realize people work better with people that they know, people that they like. So they've built these and it's and it's really going very well. I'm I'm excited about the way it's been working. But you've got to do it correctly. If you do not recruit Correctly. And you do not have a product. This is really the most important. You've got to have products that are viable and valid to the outside world that they will use. When you do that, now you're rocking and you're rocking on. You know, I've got a great company that's a single level company, it's called Rada Cutlery. And they're they're all American made knives and cutlery and stuff like that. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal company. We've been bragging about them. I'm trying to find more and more single-level programs because what I have found out is there's some people out there that just can't recruit. But they love sharing about products and services that they have. And I think that's a cool thing. That's what makes party plans so successful. You know, we've got a company called uh, Restelli Direct, and they're part of the largest food group in America. And what they do is they sell food, and they have these little parties but they have a hybrid compensation plan, so although they act like a a party plan company, they pay out like a network marketing company. So it just it's a win win for everybody, and that's what I love, you know. Is and that's what makes it work. Now the simple distinction is is this that Greg makes, and I thought this was pretty good. He says the simple distr- distinction. He says direct selling. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use single level. He says the the distinction here from a single <laughs> excuse me a single level company is for you to keep making money, you must personally sell the product or service. And personally sell is the key there. In a single level, even if you put on a couple of people that that are, are right there working with you and you're splitting some of your commission, you still gotta go out and make sales too. Otherwise it just doesn't work. Okay, there you, you just gotta crank it up. That's the way it is. Says typically MLM plans pay five, six, maybe seven levels deep Uh, Then you achieve the top leadership position. They often call it an infinity bonus. Yeah, I tell you what, the regulators hate that word infinity. Uh, It drives them nuts, but that's what happens. He goes on, he says, uh, another key distinction here is you make money off of people you sponsor and the people they sponsor. Well, let's clarify that. You're building a a sales organization. So the only difference between a, a typical sales force and a, a sales force in direct selling using a multi-level marketing program is that you take the commissions that you would pay just to one individual and you spread it down the chain. I, I use RADA as a, an example. They They have a 50% payout, but they only pay the one person versus network marketing companies that will have a 50% payout, but it will go five levels deep. So everybody gets a little piece of the pie. Usually, the person that's at the at the uh, the first to come into the business before he brings in his sales force, he gets the bulk of the money personally, just like you will. So there may be twenty percent of the fifty percent that just goes to him directly, and then everything else is spread out because really the person that comes in is the one doing all the work. The other one's just getting some overrides because they're managing, leading, directing, training, stuff like that. And it's not it's not complicated. What what gets complicated is is the mathematicians go out there and, and they sit down, they have a glass of wine with some top network marketing distributor and then they decide they want to try to create some kind of crazy hybrid plan. I'm gonna be doing this on Sunday, so that's why I'm talking. I'm just talking to myself. Okay, you've got to make sure that your plan is simple, that your plan is unique, that that it that it's creative based on the products, not based on not based on just money to make money. I've had a couple companies we went after this year that were just money games. That's all they were. When I look at the penny auctions, it, it drives me nuts sometimes because I'm still trying to figure out long-term how they, how they would work and stand on their own, and I just don't see that. And when I look at the top dogs in that space, whether it's Dubli at the reverse auction or, or Zeke at penny auctions, and, and now there's this new Bitify coming on. But here's what I see. You're going to have to expand outside the entertainment niche. It's easy to do a fishing and hunting company. I mean, there's all kinds of products you can put into that mix. There's education. There's there's events that you can create. You can't do that in in some entertainment companies, you know. And I'm I'm watching Fantasy, which is a gigantic network marketing gaming deal. So you know, it, it keeps me hopping. It keeps you hopping. And that's why we got, we do books like Greg's book called Do Due Diligence, cut through the crap in network marketing. It's just a win win. Greg loves product-based companies. That's where he's made all his money. He says, by far, the most common type of company in network marketing today is a product-based company. Absolutely it is. Just about any type of product you can imagine is now available through network marketing. Absolutely true. If you are with one pro- one product company, make sure your product is not easily duplicated and and it is patented. And I totally agree with that. Here's what happens, though. <clears throat> Most companies launch with one product. They automatically have other products that they're going to be bringing out. They just don't do it yet. You know, what happens is they they kind of hang, they kind of wait, and then they bring out this new product. Once that new product is brought out, then what happens is they, they when they start to plateau – They'll bring out another product. So don't think a company's just a one-product company. Most of the time, they're not. They've got a business plan behind them that's going to make it work, that they're growing off of, and that's what we have to know. That's what we've got to work on. Greg, Greg writes in here, he says, the other end of the spectrum is that a company will do many, many products. Now, he's absolutely correct on that, and usually that's a legacy company. It's a company that's been around so long, they just have additional products. You know, uh, Amway, um, Life Force International, Longevity, Shackley. Are some that come to mind, you know some of the other companies that have done this, like new vision international uh, reinvented themselves, became Vima, and they kind of brought brought down the focus again, started all over you know breaking a hundred million dollars this year. so you see this all the time now, Greg writes something here, I thought this was good. He says the ideal situation is to get involved with a company that has a broad but not too overwhelming product line. One of the products needs to be the lead-in product or the door opener. This is that hot product that brings most of the distributors to the business. And then you've got some other products that kind of support it. There's there's a, a company called Kivana and they've got an interesting way of doing things because what they end up doing is you, you get on an, uh, an auto ship. Maybe you want weight loss. So you get on their weight loss product and you, you're on it for 90 days. At the end of 90 days, they'll send you out another product. and Maybe it's a, a cleanse product. Maybe it's a a uh, different type of an energy product, something that was it's going to help you with a new part of your life because you've been losing weight for ninety days. I like that. I think that's great. You know, he said uh, something else. He says he says the most most legitimate network marketing companies you get paid on the volume of your sales organization each month. Here, this is uh, this is the way it should be. You should be paid either through the levels which which will which is different that's kind of a network marketing i mean th- th- this is what gets convoluted for people and i don't want to do that you need to just get paid on the volume let's just let's just keep it simple i'm not going to talk about service companies for a minute the volume the volume is the key to how you get paid and, and when you get paid and that's the key so you want to make sure that when you're coming into a business they're not paying you off of bringing other people in. They're they're paying you off 100% the sale of a product. Now, I I got to distinguish something cuz in the entertainment business, there's not a product or a service to really sell. You're getting paid to introduce people to the company. Now, in a penny auction deal, you you're getting paid to sell bids and give them away free. In the in the gaming community, you know, you get people in into the organization, they get to play and and they pass it on, and, and they get free opportunities to play the game. It's an interesting concept on the entertainment side of things. But the key is, as people play, as people come in, then based, it's based on the volume of play that you get paid. It's still not based off of recruiting or the, the volume of bids that are sold or the volume of options. It's crazy. And I and here's what I think. I don't think entertainment companies probably should be classified as direct sales companies. See, there's a there's a whole different industry called direct marketing. And I think these companies actually fall into the realm of a direct marketing company, not a direct sales company. And that's also something we could go into later in detail, but we're not going to do it on this call. Now, Greg writes something on here, and I do need to make clarification on this too. He says <coughs> uh this is the he says, Therefore the majority of products being consumed is being consumed by the distributor, which is internal consumption. Now, that is true uh, in the early years of a company. If you look at legacy companies, you very quickly see that in the last five years, they've lost distributors across the board, but yet sales have, have continued to go up or hold steady. So we know that there's, there's more customers today buying products outside the compensation plan because companies have lost distributors. I know one company, Oxifresh that has a substantial customer base, but I also know that their internal consumption is three times higher than what, it, what it, you need to qualify for compensation. So they need $100 a month to qualify for compensation. The average distributor is spending $300 a month. The additional $200 a month would be classified as an outside sale because it's not needed in the compensation plan. That's another thing that people don't understand. Now, Greg talks about it here. He says, however, there is a, a legislation which you will see in MLM companies, uh, distributors' contracts, rules and regulations about moving 70% of the product. You purchase the retail customers. This is based on a 1973 ruling. Actually, it's a 1979 uh, ruling. It was uh, uh, Amway versus the government, basically, is what, what it came down to. But this is what I want to explain to you. There is no law that says you gotta you got to move 70%. And this is something that I want people to understand you know, in here is because what happened was what saved Amway's butt was that they had written into their policies and procedures in the 70s that you needed to move 70% of the product. And the reason they did that is because the directs were the only ones that bought the product. See, this is what people don't get from the old days to current. When you became a direct in Amway… You were out there buying all the product in your name, and and it was through becoming a direct that you went up the, the ranks. I mean, you became the Dexter Yeagers, the Jim Dordons, and stuff like that. So what they wanted to make sure is that these people weren't buying additional products. They were just sitting in their basement, but the, actually their reps were coming in, buying it, and, and selling it to customers. But the, the rule was not put into place. It was through the FTC that the FTC said, hey, this is a really good Uh, policy but it was amway that created that now in talking to regulators and talking to some of the experts i can tell you today that regulators do look at hey is there at least 50 percent of the volume that seems to be consumed on a monthly basis is there 50 percent of the volume that that we can tell is is moving to a consumable base not just being held up in garages and stuff like that and that's the key here It isn't that 50% has to be to outside sales. It isn't that 70% has to be. It has to be consumed is what has to happen. And that's something that we all need to make sure that we fully understand. That before additional product is purchased, that at least least some percentage, whether it's 50 or 70, has been used, sold, given away. Something's got to happen to it to make it happen correctly. Service-based companies. Great companies, I just love that one thing that greg has has put in here, and I think that we need to we need to clarify this too. He says in a network marketing company MLM company you don't have to worry about the person underneath you ever going above you. You're always going to make money off of them, and that's not accurate okay there There are a majority of the compensation plans that are that way, but when you're when you're in a in a stair step breakaway, for instance. Okay, there's people underneath you can actually go above you. When you're in a unilevel comp plan, if you don't build it out right, there's people underneath you that will make more money. You'll always make a little bit of money off of them, but you may never make what you could make off of them if you don't build out your organization. See, one thing about network marketing that is true is that the person that you bring in can always make more money than you. There are compensation plans which make them legitimate. In the eyes of the of the regulators, stair step breakaways one of them, unilevels one of them, because the people that get in can make more money than the people above them. That's what that's what is cool because that is one of the things they look at that it shows it's not a pyramid or a Ponzi. Because in a pyramid or a Ponzi, you always make more money because you're the guy on top of the of the crew, and that's what we have got to make clear to people. People have to understand that. Well, folks, I hope you're having an awesome day. I think Jim Gilhouse is going to be on Aces Radio Live this afternoon. I am going to be driving, so I won't be on there. Uh, But I tell you what, I'm excited about network marketing. We will not do a show next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be back on the air next Thursday and Friday. And at this point, I don't have any more trips until the end of the month, but we'll see where it goes. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And remember, if you're in network marketing, act like it. Bye now.